This is the MLW Radio Network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho off the Top Roast Podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here, OTTR Headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever that you get your podcast from with our, with our latest Last Week of Wrestling, After Darts, Under Boss's Hard Taste, and now a new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Every, coming soon. So if you like what you've seen, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you would not regret it. Blackheart out. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was. Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we right? shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go we? way back, mate. Yeah. yeah, we should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Okay, yeah, yeah. Hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the broadcast podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Welcome to another episode of Headlines, brought to you by the MLW Radio Network and the Front Row Material brand for Wednesday, April 20th, 2022. As you know, Headlines is where I cover the top headlines and stories all over the world of professional wrestling as they are on the various streaming platforms and wrestling websites. Let's go ahead and let's jump right into it right now. E-Wrestling News and Wrestling Inc. is where we get all of our stories, along with other websites as well. But right now, reporting from Wrestling Inc., Robert Grunier is reporting in backstage update on Tony Khan's huge announcement. Now, as noted, Tony Khan is set to make another huge announcement regarding AEW during tonight's episode of Dynamite. Now, while fans await what the news could possibly be, an update from PW Insider gives some advice on how viewers might want to approach the news. It's noted that the hardcore fans will really enjoy what is going to be announced 
announced, but tempering expectations is also necessary. Since the announcement was first advertised last week, many reports have emerged that point towards a possible AEW New Japan Super Show. Now, Dave Meltzer added that since he's heard from AEW and New Japan Super Show rumors, he asked AEW about them. While AEW did not confirm that the show would be happening, they also did not deny it either. Meltzer goes on to say that he has some very interesting ideas that point to a possible Super Show. Now, during this year, AEW and New Japan stars have both teased working together and against each other. In January, Okada brought up the possibility in his desire to wrestle CM Punk as well as other AEW stars such as Brian Danielson. CM Punk responded to Okada's comments by tweeting at Okada, the address of the United Center, telling Okada to see him there. New Japan's upcoming show in Washington, D.C. has also begun forming and looks to feature a number of unconfirmed AEW New Japan crossover matches, including Moxley versus Tanahashi, Mizora Suzuki versus Brody King, and Eddie Kingston versus Ishii. Now, there's also been talk of Tony Khan possibly announcing a new TV deal for the new relaunch of Ring of Honor as well, or the possibility of an AEW streaming service. If you would like to find out more about this, Robert Grunier is writing in at this hour regarding Tony Khan's possible big announcement. Let's go ahead and let's talk a little bit about Bray Wyatt. Wrestling Inc. is writing in at this hour. Bray Wyatt's asking price might just be a little too high for AEW. Now, Bray Wyatt, also known as Wyndham Rotunda, has set a very high asking price to return to WWE or AEW for that matter, according to a tweet from Wrestling Observer Dave Meltzer. Now, while reporting to fans on Twitter, Meltzer noted Tuesday that a wrestling promotion would have to shell out a lot of money to sign the former WWE champion. Meltzer also mentioned how both WWE and AEW would be interested in bringing in other top talents right now and maybe not necessarily spending so much money just on one person. In addition, AEW is also dealing with the reports that WWE also has interest in bringing back FTR. WWE Hall of Famer Mike Rotunda, also known as IRS, reportedly provided an update on his sons, uh, Wyatt and Bo Dallas, about returning to the squared circle. He both believes that he cannot foresee them never returning to wrestling. However, they do have other interests right now and other opportunities are presenting themselves. If you'd like to read more about this, you can go ahead and read the article right now on Wrestling Inc. regarding Bray Wyatt and his possibility of returning. All right, let's go ahead and let's talk a little NXT. Mark Middleton is writing in at this hour. Possible spoiler on Santos Escobar's mystery attackers on WWE NXT. Now, this week's episode of WWE NXT 2.0 featured two new mystery men who attacked Santos Escobar. Now, the attack came during Escobar's loss to Carmelo Hayes. Escobar had earlier sent a warning to Tony D'Angelo telling him to watch the match to see how real leaders move. At one point, the referee was distracted by Hayes and Trick Williams, which allowed the two mystery men to surround Escobar at ringside. One man distracted him while the other man came from behind with a baton. They also rolled Escobar back into the ring where Hayes finished him off. The mystery attackers were wearing suits, hats, and sunglasses. It looks like they might be playing the NXT newcomers as Troy Donovan and Channing Lauren. You can see that they have a high possibility of those being the ones being brought in. Now, Donovan and Lauren were both signed in mid-March as WWE Performance Center class talents that features names like Roxanne Perez, also known as Roxy, Sloane Jacobs, also known as Notorious Mimi, and Bianca Carly, among others. Donovan went by, went after Cole Carter on the Indies, while Lauren went by Jake Tucker before signing with WWE. 
If you'd like to find out more about the Mystery Attackers and the storyline that's happening right now in NXT, go ahead and follow Mark Middleton at this hour. As we continue the headlines, CM Punk has something to say. CM Punk teases a guest at AEW Dynamite. Eric Mutter's writing in at this hour with only a short time remaining before AEW Dynamite, where the major announcement will be made. CM Punk is teasing another reason for fans to watch tonight's show. In a post on his Instagram account, the AEW star posted a photo from outside an AEW dressing room where the sign reads reserved for special guest. CM Punk posts the comment as a speculation regarding an AEW New Japan Wrestling Super Show happening later this year. Now earlier today Dave Meltzer on the Wrestling Observer stated that the two sides are working together on putting a show together. Now whether it's expected to take at the place of end of June is still up for decision. It should be noted that New Japan president uh, has recently been in the United States for New Japan's Windy City Riot in Chicago. Now it's unknown if he still wants New Japan to be working with him or not, but it's clear that there is a dominant presence for New Japan in the United States. It's also likely that we may see more fight series happening in the United States and in the tours of Japan. Stars like IWGP World Heavyweight Champion Okada, Naito, and Tanahashi will be headlining those. If you'd like to find out more about CM Punk and what he is teasing, definitely go ahead and check out his Instagram, and don't forget to watch Dynamite Tonight, which is going to be airing live at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on TBS. All right, let's go ahead. Mark Middleton is also writing it's our Let's talk a little about Killer Cross and Scarlet, who got married. You're not going to believe where they got married. Very interesting story right now on Wrestling Inc. Cross and Scarlet were in Anchorage, Alaska earlier this month to work at the WrestlePro Alaska 3rd Anniversary event, which took place on Saturday, April the 9th in the Egan Covington Center. Scarlet defeated Fire the Slayer, while Cross defeated Dan Maff. Now, Cross took to Instagram today and revealed that the WrestlePro event really wasn't the only reason why they traveled all the way to Alaska. They also were there to get married. Now, Cross posted a letter to social media and stated that they took a helicopter to a glacier for a private ceremony while they were in Alaska. They originally were not going to share the intimate video package with the public. However, they changed their mind and decided to. If you'd like to go ahead and see how the marriage happened on a glacier, there is a YouTube video and it's also attached to the article that has been written by Mark Middleton at this hour at Wrestling Inc. Once again, we want to send our congratulations to them as well as they are starting a new chapter of life. Matthew Wilkinson is writing in at this hour regarding AEW Superstar Hook. AEW Superstar Hook is making his debut on Dynamite today. So many people are excited to see what is going to be happening with Hook. Right now, sales for Hook shirts have been skyrocketing. He's one of the highest sellers within AEW all though only having a few matches. Right now, Hook is being pushed as one of the main baby faces with inside the AEW brand. If you'd like to find out more about his debut tonight, go ahead and check out Matthew Wilkinson's article over here on Wrestling Inc. And once again, don't miss AEW Dynamite tonight at 8 p.m. on TBS. Mark Middleton is also writing in at this hour, GCW announces IWTV lawsuit settlement. The settlement series events, and that is going to be taking place. A settlement has been reached with Internet Wrestling TV lawsuit against Game Changer Wrestling. Now, IWTV filed the lawsuit back in June of 2021, alleging that GCW committed a breach of contract over their pay-per-view events, claiming that they had exclusive rights to film, produce, and digitally distribute GCW's pay-per-views. Now, GCW began airing the events on Fight TV in December of 2020, which led to the lawsuit from IWTV. Now, IWTV originally claimed 
an estimate of $500,000 in lost revenue. The 2021 lawsuit filed in a Pennsylvania court said GCW held 36 pay-per-view events between December 5th and May 15th, all of which were a violation of their agreement. IWTV said that they notified GCW about the breach, but GCW kept promoting shows. Now, the damages were in excess of $500,000, but could not be fully calculated until GCW provided the revenues coming from all the shows. Now, GCW tweeted on December 26 of 2020 that they were formally requesting to be released from their IWTV contract, which came with sadness and regret, adding that there was apparently no other option. Now, IWTV then filed their own lawsuit a few months later, and GCW filed to have this, this suit dismissed in August. Now, there was an update. GCW announced today that a settlement has been reached and the lawsuit is officially over. IWTV will reportedly not receive any compensation and damages, and GCW will retain ownership of all content. Furthermore, as part of the settlement, GCW will provide IWTV with settlement series over the next year, which will be a series of eight live events detailing the events that will be announced in the coming weeks. GCW called this a major step forward for their promotion. They also said that this serves as a big win for indie wrestling and its fans. If you'd like to read more on the statement from GCW regarding the settlement of the lawsuit, go on over to Wrestling Inc. right now, and at this hour, Mark Middleton is giving you all of the details. Tony Khan is doing more reporting. Eric Mutter is writing in at this hour. Tony Khan has hired IT experts to look into the anti-AEW bots that continue to pop up on Twitter. In an interview with TV insider, AEW owner and CEO Tony Khan has asked about his now famous tweet from a week ago where he addressed and inserted that independent studies have been conducted and found that there's an army of anti-AEW bots that are responsible for all the AEW rhetoric that's popping up all over social media. Now, Khan talked about the reasoning behind his original tweet. He said, and I quote, what I've seen was a lot of anti-AEW accounts that were really focused on things that we did not like, Khan said. A lot of those were legitimate things. Some of those points I'm trying to address. Some of them I don't agree with. But the point is, there's a lot of these of these people that just continue to pop up. There's a handful of accounts that are truly run by only a few people running a lot of accounts at one time. And those are real people, but all the accounts necessarily aren't. A lot of their engagement in their retweets, likes, and respondings are signal boosting, which means that they are all bots. If you'd like to read more of the statement that Tony Khan went ahead and announced about the investigation that he's doing with the IT, you can go ahead and follow Eric Mutter over on Wrestling Inc. right now. He has all the details of that. All right, let's go ahead and let's keep things rolling. Mark Middleton is talking more NXT. Uh, WWE NXT draws near record low audience in key demos for their NXT show which aired on the USA Network. Now, this week's live edition of NXT 2.0 drew 569,000 viewers on the USA Network, according to Nielsen via Showbuzz Daily. Now, the show is down 6.72% from last week's 610,000 viewers from the title Tuesday episode. Now, Tuesday's NXT drew a 0.12 rating in the key 18 to 49 demo. This is even with last week's 0.12 rating in the key demo as well. Now, the 0.12 rating represents 161,000 people between the ages of 18 to 49, which had been watching, which is actually up 6.6% from the 151,000 people who were watching in the 18 to 49 demos of last week, which comprised the 0.12 demo. 
If you'd like to find out more about this information, you can also follow WrestleNomics, who has all of the interesting information regarding the statistics. Now, NXT did rank number 44 on the Cable 150 this week, with that 0.12 rating in the 18 to 49. NXT ranked number 68 in viewership on Cable this week as well. As I said before, there is many more statistics. If you'd like to get into all of that, you know who has it for you? That's Mark Middleton. If you head on over to Wrestling Inc. right now. So many things are happening when it comes to the metrics. If you're a metrics person, this is perfect for you. Eric Mutter is writing in at this hour from Wrestling Inc. Samoa Joe thinks that fans harping on the recent AEW angle. Well, that's just plain silly. AEW star and Ring of Honor TV champion Samoa Joe sat down with the New York Post to talk about his recent arrival to AEW and his departure from WWE earlier this year. Not one to get frustrated over things, not always working out. Joe talked about not dwelling on things, how they ended in WWE. Instead, he's focused on what's next for him. In a quote, Joe would say, I wasn't overly frustrated with everything, he said. I mean, things like this happen. It worked out sometimes and sometimes it didn't. That's just the way it goes. I don't really sit here and dwell on things and punish myself over things that I cannot change or never will be able to change. I'm squarely focused on what's ahead of me, not behind me. When he was asked about how others felt about the formation of AEW in 2019 as a potential competition, Joe stated that he felt it was a good thing. He believes others in WWE had thought the same as well, largely because he can't fathom anyone thinking about competition that isn't healthy. Joe would go on to say, the more competition there is, the more it drives the other guys to do better, to be better, Joe said. It's healthy for the industry. It's healthy for everyone. Nobody is like, oh, we're the only place to work. People want other places to work, and anyone who says that is just asinine. I don't know why anyone would just think like that. Joe gives some great answers regarding CEO Tony Khan, how he feels about AEW in the future, and if you'd like to read that, I definitely recommend you following Eric Mutter on social media and heading on over to Wrestling Inc. and reading his article, while Joe thinks the recent angles on AEW and people disagreeing is just silly. Mark Middleton is also writing at this hour, WWE releases a brand new shirt and talks a little bit about RK Bro. WWE Shop has released a new limited edition of 420 t-shirt for the Raw Tag Team Champions RK Bro. As seen, it's $27.99 for the t-shirt, RK Bro 420 on the front, and then it says, I just smoked your ass on the back. Riddle tweeted out the new shirt and wrote, Happy 420, everyone. And to celebrate this beautiful day, go to WWE Shop and get this sick limited edition RK Bro 420 shirt. You can see all the information if you go ahead and do his social media as well. Now, Randy Orton also tweeted out the new 420 shirt and said, it looks like some great work that got released by WWE Shop. If you'd like to go ahead and catch all of this, follow WWE Shop on Twitter. You can follow Randy Orton and RK Bro. And if you're interested to get the upcoming shirt, you can get it. But once again, it is on a limited basis right now. All right. Mark Middleton is also writing at this hour, WWE NXT star teases departure and possible name change. Very interesting information coming out of Orlando. The Grizzled Young Veterans are the latest NXT WWE tag teams to undergo an apparent name change. WWE is now referring to James Drake and Zach Gibson, 
by only their last names, Drake and Gibson. They're also teasing an NXT 2.0 departure from the former NXT UK Tag Team Champions. Last night, NXT 2.0's episode saw Drake and Gibson confront NXT Tag Team Champions pretty deadly in hopes of securing a title shot. They were quickly interrupted by another tag team, which led into a brawl where pretty deadly looked on. In the show, Wild and Toro defeated Drake and Gibson in the tag team action. It should be noted that WWE is referring to the grizzled young veterans as James Drake and Zach Gibson, and now Drake and Gibson in change. And it recaps the video, which has been speculating why so many people in WWE have been changing their names lately. In fact, some in WWE are now just going by their last name. If you'd like to find out more information on this, cruise on over to Wrestling Inc. Mark Middleton is writing in at this hour about name changes in the grizzled young veterans. All right, big news also happening right now in WWE. We actually have more updates on the possible Tony Khan announcement. It's interesting. News always breaks and it's always changing. Robert Grunier is also reporting at this hour that once a PW Insider is talking about, there is a very likely chance that it's going to be a super show that is going to be announced. Many people, including... Wrestling Observer's Dave Meltzer believes that a super show is happening. Now, some people do also believe that this could be something that could be tied to next year's Wrestle Kingdom, as it would be something huge for not only New Japan, but AEW as well. But right now, everything is pointing not to a streaming service or a new home for Ring of Honor, but the fact that the two companies will be coming together on a big upcoming show. Guys, there's so many things that are happening right now in the world of wrestling. Please continue to follow headlines each and every day for a daily podcast so you can find out everything that's happening in the world of wrestling in a one-stop shop. All right, Road Dog is making news today because Road Dog's not 100% sure that the Montreal Screwjob was a shoot. What's he got to mean by that? During the latest episode of Oh, You Didn't Know podcast with Road Dog Brian James, the former WWE superstar spoke about the Montreal Screwjob, the infamous night in the Montreal involving Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart and Vince McMahon that changed the wrestling business forever. Road Dog revealed that what had happened the day before, from his perspective, he would go on to say, and I quote, When I got to the arena, it's TV or pay-per-view day. You just kind of stick to your match and do what you need to do. And that's what I did. I wasn't watching the show at the time. Probably should have been. But I didn't see what happened. And then all of a sudden, everybody was running to the monitors and trying to find out what all was going down. What I remember that night, the most were two things. One, the loogie that Bret Hart spit on Vince McMahon was like a holy mackerel. That was disgusting. But what a shot. I remember saying in the building that Vince coming into the locker room with a big and red-purple eyeball from that punch, and it looks like he let Brett swing on him. I don't doubt that one bit because, well, Vince is kind of a man. But I'm still not 100% sure all of it was real, and it's just me being honest with you. I know I'm cynical because I'm a wrestler and I'm one of the boys, but I think everything was a work. Although Road Dog isn't the only person to say the Montreal Screwjob was a work, it doesn't seem very unlikely that after 25 years, nobody involved in the situation has fessed up. That nobody has cracked, nobody has spoke, nobody has sang, James said regarding no talent cracking over the pressure of finally confessing to what happened on the Montreal Screwjob. I'm still not 100% sure of the way they did it, but once again, I'm just kind of cynical on all of this. 
you'd like to read more about what Road Dog had to say, Marco Rivera is writing in at this hour regarding Road Dog's feelings on the entire situation that happened back in 1997. All right, guys, there is so many things that are going on right now in wrestling. Once again, please continue to follow headlines. We'd be more than happy to go ahead and Take your requests if there's a new story that you would like for us to cover. Also, follow me on social media. I'm at Mike, M-I-K-E-F-R-E-L-A-N-D. Once again, the podcast drops each and every day. It's your daily one-stop shop to finding out everything that's happening in the pro world of wrestling. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you on the next episode of Headlines. The world of MLW Radio never stops. 